Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Truth Seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com, and I'm your host, Michael Fordham. If you just click the link on my webpage or you're listening on blogtalkradio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk with you. Here's the number, 347-326-9470. Or if you like, you can tweet your questions and comments at A Measure of Truth. Also, if you haven't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook? I'm the Michael Ford, and with a photo of me in studio, and you can always email me your questions and comments at amessureoftruth at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow, like, and repost us on Facebook and Twitter. Look, we've got a great show for you today. We'll be right back after this. How does Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, one of the Supreme Court's favorite octogenarians, stay so active and energetic? She owes it in part to the twice-weekly workout she does with her personal trainer, Bryant Johnson, a man she's called the most important person in her life. Well, after her family, of course. Now with the RGB workout, you can exercise along with Justice Ginsburg and Bryant. Whether you want to keep up with one of America's most admired women or just reach one of your fitness goals, this book is for you. His exercise philosophy is... It all begins with attitude. It's always about the client, helping them to help themselves. The process is not complicated. It may not be easy, but it's not complicated. Case closed. Ryan Johnson has worked as a personal trainer for over 20 years and has trained Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg since 1999. He counts among his clients numerous federal court justices, judges, attorneys, and clerks, and he has trained military and civilian personnel around the world. Johnson is a certified personal trainer by the American Council on Exercise, the ACE, a master trainer by the International Sports and Conditioning Association, the ISCA, and a master fitness trainer by the United States military. A member of the U.S. Army for over 30 years, 12 of those as a member of a Special Forces Airborne Unit. He is also a graduate of Grantham University and DeVry University. And he lives in Washington, D.C. Brian Johnson, welcome to A Measure of Truth. Thank you so much. I am so honored, humbled to be on 
Thank you so much. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. And um, I really, really appreciate you taking time out. You're a busy guy. Um, you've got a lot going on. And, um, you know, I really appreciate also the book and the T-shirt. I'm actually wearing the shirt right now. I'm, like, all in at this point. I'm going to try to start to work out. Uh, I was going to say tomorrow, but I guess I got to start this evening. <laughs> Sounds like a good plan. Get on. You can also post. You can also post a picture of you doing what doing those planks. I love to see that. Oh, I'm sure oh, your listeners wow. would love to see that too, right? Okay, <laughs> we're going right to the planks. Huh? <laughs> you, you started it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I was so excited to really get this interview going because we had such a great discussion the first time I spoke with you about you doing this show. And um, you're really a delightful personality, and some of the things that um, you you know, based on your background, you would thought you would be a, a lot you know more strict and more rigid, especially with your um, your background in the military. Tell us a little bit about your upbringing and a little bit about yourself in general. Well, I guess it, it would all have to start with how I was raised. I was raised in Warsaw, Virginia, which is a little town about 50 miles, I guess, northwest of Richmond, Virginia. And one of the key components of that was, was that I was raised by my grandmother and my mm-hmm. aunt Fanny, my grandfather. But my grandmother was the, the key. She she was deaf, and she didn't mm-hmm. know sign language. And so mm-hmm. as a result of that, I learned how to communicate with her by charades, mimic, um, and just sensing her body language, and mm-hmm. that's how I was raised um, that way. Um, from there, being in the country, then I decided to go into the military to see if I could be all that I could be, and that led me to jumping out of perfectly good airplanes for no reason at all, which once again <laughs> <laughs> put, a, put, put you in another state of mind. Um, from there, uh, moved to Washington, D.C., Working for the United States District Court for D.C. I've been working for the federal courts for over 30 years. Been a personal oh. trainer for about 27 years, give or take. And that's kind of like a little bit in a nutshell. So the personal training thing wasn't really um, something you pursued from the beginning. So how, how did you fall into that? Well, by being in the military and being in a special forces unit and getting thrown out of airplanes and helicopters, my thought process was, well, if I'm going to be bouncing off the ground, I need to make sure that my body is in as best shape as possible. And also for the vanity's sake, you know, if I'm going to be in uniform, I want to make sure that I look and I represent that part. Mm. Um, Another part is growing up in the country, you know, they have good food. And if you read the book, there's a power (laughs) cake. (laughs) <laughs> that my aunt Idabel makes. And there's something about that pound cake that once you start, you can't stop. And my thing is, I figure if I'm going to eat this pound cake. I got to make sure that I can work out so I can eat what I want, when I want. And that kind of started me, you know, just working out, training. A uh, good friend of mine named Vaughn told me, he says, you know, find something that you like to do. And he was my first workout partner. And I mm-hmm. clearly remember working out training and people just asking questions. Well, how do I do this? What do you do this? Well, my thought was if I'm going to explain to people how to do things, I got to make sure that I'm qualified and certified to tell people the right way. And that's how I started to embark on becoming a personal trainer. I really started with the military. Um, I became a master fitness trainer in the military. And with that training so many different people in the military, so many different walks of life, you know, that gave me a lot of experience training different types of people. And then from there, I got certified through ACE, the American Council of Exercise. And once I got that certification, it gave me dual so I can either train people in the military for the military side of the house or I can train civilian um, on the civilian side of the house. And then from there, I got other certifications depending on my clients and how what interests me. And so that really is how it started me becoming a, a personal trainer. Yeah. You know, one of the things that struck me from the very beginning about you, you seem like a really, really easygoing guy, a person that's easy to interact with and a real people person. Have you always been that way? I guess um, I guess I have to quote different songs. You know, the military has acronyms, so I always like to tell people I'm easy like Sunday morning. 
And um, <laughs> it, it, it comes from my upbringing, you know, upbringing from mm-hmm. my grandmother. You know, I remember clearly my grandmother was, was deaf, but she could still speak perfect, perfectly. She lost her mm-hmm. when she was about 16. And so just interacting with her and how she interacted with people, people would come yeah. up, have a conversation with her, and just being raised that way, you know, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that's how it led me um, to be that way. I see. I see. So I'm I'm getting from that that you pay probably um a lot closer attention to people than most because you're you're looking yeah. for a lot more cues than most people would in conversation. Yeah. Yes. That's amazing. Yes. Um and just tell us a little bit about um you know, you you're at this job and um you know, this body justice thing started long before um Justice Ginsburg, right? So tell us how yes. all that came together. You know, it's it's a long story. I look back at it now, and you just it's almost like you're trusting your inner voice. And my inner yeah. voice told me, you know, and if you look at it, I look at it from my grandmother, teaching me how to, to trust your inner voice and trust your feeling. So when I became a personal trainer, you know, I had to get a business. And so I got my business name, and I thought about it. And so my business name was BJ's Body Justice. Well, BJ, Brian Johnson, my initials. Well, the first letter B for body, personal training, you're taking care of the body. J for justice, because I work for the federal court, the judicial branch of the government. So those mm-hmm. happen to be my initials, body justice, to do your body ah. justice. Right. Okay. So, so that's how it came. So I did not have a Supreme Court justice as my client. As a matter of fact, Justice Ginsburg was still Judge Ginsburg working in the Court of Appeals because right. my business started a long time before that. And um, I have the my the arm curls up in the forms of J, and on the side of the arm there's a tattoo of a paratrooper wings, and so that became my logo, and then on the back, I had it all begins with attitude. And that is my mantra, and that's what I, I practice and I preach to people all the time, that it all begins with attitude. And mm. then people ask me about it. I said, well, if you add the letters of attitude up, A being the first letter of the alphabet, T being the 19th letter of the alphabet, or it's the 20th letter, I have to forget, you add all of those letters up, and it equals to 100. So in order to be successful in whatever it is, it all begins with your attitude. Good, bad, or indifferent, that's going to lay the groundwork for you to be successful. Hmm. Wow. Wow. So, um, (laughs) yeah, yeah, that's amazing because you kind of go deep on each and every little angle. I'm I'm just noticing that, how just um, intense you are about your thought process and what you do. So tell us a little bit about how you keep people engaged and motivated, because that seems to be the challenge with most people who start any exercise program is to really get in there and do the work and commit to staying with the program. The key to, I can only speak for self. And I tell people, I use different analogies and I use different sayings because I I can't make it up. And so when I talk about body justice and how that evolved, I, I couldn't make it up. It, 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 it didn't something that just happened overnight. And so when you're looking at a personal trainer, when someone comes to you, they are already relinquishing some form of power. They're coming to you to help them, for you to help them to help themselves. And what I look at and what I've discovered is that when you're coming to a personal trainer, you already have some form of a, I like to call it a prison anchor. And mm-hmm. when I say prison anchor, this is something that's stopping you or putting a block that's stopping you from achieving whatever goal that you're trying to do or whatever you have in your mind. And my job is to deactivate that prison anchor. I figure out the code to deactivate the prison anchor, and then I activate your elevation anchor. And what that elevation anchor is going to do is going to allow you to be able to achieve whatever goal you're going to do. But the key to it you got to understand is that prison anchors will always come and go, so you got to always be able to know how to deactivate them. you got to always know how to activate that elevation anchor. Um, there's pitfalls and valleys of, that comes with life, and you just got to know how to wade through them and, and get through it. It's about 
a balance of having that inner communication and outer communication. It's just having that. I know I go deep, wow. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, know, I was right? just thinking to myself, it sounds like a lot of psychology in there. Um, is that something you picked up from your training? Uh, training, experience, uh, dealing with different people, different readings. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I try to try to keep it as simple as possible. I, I break it down sure. to like this. We've got two types of communications, inside and outside. Well, now mm-hmm. the outside communications become so prevalent now with social media, uh, yes. your cell phone, this and that, that that right, outside right. noise is, is just overpowering and mm-hmm. it's, it's taking over the inside noise, the inside communication. And if you don't have that balance, it's, it's, you're, you're, doomed for, you're doomed for failure. It's just not going to help. You know, and so I, I try to, what I do is I, I balance the two. And even when I'm training people, I'm using inside communication to also help them to achieve their goals. So let, let's talk about goals. Um, give us an okay. idea of some of the kind of goals that people may give you but may not be real goals or, or what you try to help them in shaping and finding a goal that they can achieve or something that's worthwhile for them. Okay. I'm gonna lose, I want to lose 50 pounds. I'm like, really? Okay. Mm. Why? I said, say, how, how can I get or the firm's how can I get a six-pack ad? I said, okay. I said, what are you doing now? Well, I'm not doing anything, but how can I lose, you know, that gut? And so I asked the question again. I said, what are you doing now? I said, I'm not doing anything. I said, okay, do something. Said, what do you mean? <laughs> Just do something. Uh, <laughs> Once you start doing something, then we can right. adjust. But if you ain't doing yeah. nothing, <laughs> then right, I don't know right. what to tell you. That, I, you know, I can tell you everything under the sun to do, but – until you commit to doing something, then you're not doing anything. And that's where that outside noise, communication, and that balance of inside communication comes in because you're mm. listening to what's going on outside. Oh, but you got to do this. You got to do that. You got no, 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 no. First of all, you have to understand. And I go into what I like to call certain components that I like to try to get people. You have to be committed. Yeah. Once you right. once you commit, then you gotta have resilience. And see resilience is what do you mean? There are gonna be peaks and valleys, it's gonna be good times, mm-hmm. bad times. You gotta be resilient mm-hmm. to be weathered through the storm. Then you gotta have the courage. See when you talk about fitness you very rarely hear people talk about courage. Well, you got to have courage really to be in fitness. With courage, sometimes you got to have the courage to say no. Or you got to have courage to really, you know what? I'm not going to do this, or I'm going to do this. The next thing, which is one of the most important keys to me, is you got to be thoughtful. And when I say thoughtful, you got to understand why you're doing what you're doing. Right. I have people right. that go to the gym, and I'm just doing it. I said, why are you doing that? I don't know. I just saw somebody else do it. Okay, mm. it means nothing. And then the last thing, you got to be tough. Because at some point in time, you're just going to have to tough it out. Now, these are five keys that I implement all the time with all of my clients. And those five keys are part of what I call the dynamic wisdom workout. Those mm. are the five keys that I engage with people, and I get mm. them without them really knowing it. I'm not going to say, okay, I'm going to teach you courage. No, no, no. I'm going to teach you commitment. No, it's not about me teaching you. It's about you understanding it and you realizing it for yourself. You know, so regardless of who my client is, see, the beauty about exercise and the beauty about fitness, it doesn't matter your race, religion, color, gender, national origin, sexual orientation, you're liberal, you're conservative, you don't know, you're rich, you're poor. It doesn't matter. See, that's the equalizer. In order to do this plank that you're going to take a picture of yourself doing, you have to <laughs> We're back to do that. It. You, you like how I threw that in there, right? That's true, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm worried that your book is going to be talking to me tonight in my sleep now. <laughs> Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> see All how right. see how I just did that little internal communication with you. <laughs> right, right. 
<laughs> you know, and that brings me to a point. I, I'm not sure if you finished your, your statement, but if you haven't, go ahead and do that. But I, I did have no, a question no, no. for you in relation to that. Uh, well, no, no, go ahead. You know, Justice Ginsburg came to you at a time, and I believe it was her husband first that knew about you before her, right? And I'm not sure that, exactly. Not sure who but, knew who. Okay, but there was a health event that she was recovering from, and this was a mm-hmm. suggestion, and you know that she would work out to get her strength back, which seems like an mm-hmm. oxymoron for someone who, you know, had gone through something that that weakened them to the point, um, it was a debilitating illness, and then from there. How do you start someone like that to build them up and to get them going and to find the the right perspective and the goals that they need to be able to to become healthy again? And the things that you were able to do with her are amazing. Please talk about those as well. But let's start back at that beginning. So here's a key word that I, I picked up on that you said, oxymoron. So to me, an oxymoron sounds like a, that outside communication. And that outside mm-hmm. communication le- leads to activating, activating those prison anchors. See, mm-hmm. that oxymoron. See, person was debilitated. Person is weak. Okay, well, then why wouldn't you want to build that body up? Why wouldn't you want to get the body stronger? Mm-hmm. See, she, what happened was her husband looked at her after she finished her last bout of, of chemotherapy radiation from colon cancer. And he looked at her and said, you look like someone has just come out of a concentration camp. We need mm. to find somebody to get, you, to get you stronger. Right. Okay. Right there. He looked, we got to get you stronger. She checked, looked around, worked with some other, talked to some other people, and then by word of mouth through another mm-hmm. client who I was working with, she reached out to me. So that word of mouth is a form of that internal communication. Mm, See, mm-hmm. I don't have a whole bunch of billboards. I'm a personal trainer here. I'm a personal trainer. No, no, no. That's that outside noise. Right. So the inside communication from one person to another led me to her. So when I met her, I knew who she was. Um, I've seen her before. I met her, sat down. She told me a little bit about her. She told me what she was going through. That really didn't mean anything to me. And I say that in a way of that... Mm. I didn't really ask her what she couldn't do because I didn't care what she couldn't do. It didn't matter what she couldn't do. I only cared what she could do, and we will build from that point on. So I tell people, I will meet you where you are, and we will take it from there. And so she Mm. sat down. She said, how many days a week do you think I should work out? I said, we'll start off with twice. I said, we're going to be doing push-ups. We're going to be doing Sit us, we're going to be doing weights. And she just kind of looked at me, and I reiterated, we will be doing push-ups. We'll be doing weights. We're going to be doing lunges. We're going to be doing a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> she, she just looked at me, and I just looked right back at her. <laughs> and that's when my grandmother came in. She gave me that look, and I gave, the grand, I gave her the look right back. I said, remember, you called me. Okay, and so she trusts the process. And here we are 20-plus years later. Um dealing and looking at what we've come and gone through. And so when I, I look at it, there's been peaks and valleys. So remember those five keys that I've told you about? Commitment, resilience, courage, thoughtful, tough. You think about those 20 years, me and the Justice have been training. She's committed. Right. Because Absolutely. We, will look at our, we will look at our calendars. And not just the Justice, but any of my clients, once – we start interacting. They understand, like, I'm not the trainer for you if you're just trying to get ready for a wedding. If you're just trying to get ready for this, <laughs> then right. I might not be that trainer for you. I might I not see. be the one for you. So I'm the one trying to teach you a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle change. Mm. But with that comes commitment. It's going to be, you're going to need resilience. You're going to have to have courage. You're going to have to be thoughtful. And sometimes you're just going to have to be tough. So now you're looking at Justice Ginsburg. You're looking at other clients I've gone through. She went through colon cancer. Okay. Got it through. We're going smooth. All of a sudden, got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So she came at me. We sat down. 
Sometimes it's that inner communication again. Once again, the prison anchor was pancreatic cancer. Okay. Mm. Not a problem. So let's go and deactivate that code. How are we going to deactivate that code? We're going to start doing something. I don't care. As long as you can do something, we can start from there. And that's what we did. So we got through that. Okay. How did you get put in a heart? During during this diagnosis, was the workout interrupted or was it just augmented to, to be able to deal with what she was going through? Adjusted, adjusted to what she was dealing with. Hmm. I assess, adjust, and adapt. Hmm. That's what I assess the situation, adjust the workout to my assessment, and then I will adapt it depending on how the workout is going along. Basically, you have to be present. That's why just be present. As a trainer, as me, I have to be present. In order for me to get the wisdom, I got to be present. My internal communications, communicating with this person, next person, teaching people how to, to balance that internal and external communications is the key. Um, with the justice, we, we've done that. Other clients, I've, I've done that same thing. That kind of, kind of, Answered your question a little bit. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Because uh, that was something that that's been in my mind ever since. Because you know this was in the news and everyone knew about it, and um, yeah. it was just amazing. Um, and, and it's just one of the things I think many people admire about her as well. Not only that um, she's still working out, or you know, and um, it's, yes. you know, a, a healthy example of what we can be in our in our. Um, Twilight years. Um, it, it's just phenomenal when you look through this book at the workout and the things that she does for a workout. You're like, whoa! I can't do all of that in one sitting. And this wait, is for no, a lot wait, of people. Well, well, pause, pause, pause. Well, where, where, where did you get that? Where did you get that prison anchor from? <laughs> I'm talking about today. <laughs> I can't do all of that in one sitting. Honestly, and and How and um, one of the I had a um, an injury of a just dislocated okay. shoulder, and um, okay. I, I'm not somebody who shies away from things like that. As a matter of fact, the day I dislocated my shoulder, I dislocated it two more times that day because I wouldn't stop doing what I was doing. Mm. And um, but it made it very difficult for me to do some of those things like push-ups and some of the pull-ups okay. and exercises that I had been doing for quite some time. And I've been struggling with trying to find a way back in because the stuff I'm used to, I I don't know how to do it without hurting myself. Okay. So that's what you're used to. So now what you got to do is adjust and adapt and and change. So now, right. if it's not if it hurts you to do a push up, okay, let's use a resistance tube. You have so many different variations mm-hmm. of that you can do. Can you right. even lean against the wall? Oh yeah, absolutely. I remember. I remember someone asked me. They said, uh, "Does she do uh, female push-ups?" I'm like, "Female push-ups?" I said, "There's no such thing as female push-ups. There's no such thing as women push-ups. There are push-ups against the wall, push-ups on your knees, push-ups off your knees. There's no such thing as push-ups are not gender-based. <laughs> and any exercise there, there's always a way that you can adjust and adapt exercise to do it." Mm-hmm. But that prison anchor will allow you to give you that excuse not to do it. See, that's what prison anchors do. They allow you to have a reason not to do something. Think about uh, New Year's resolutions. How many times I'm not big like, on those. Not, yeah. Yeah, neither am I. <laughs> but they're one of the most popular things. Every day, oh, let's do New Year's resolutions. Okay. <laughs> and how many people, you know, fail at those? Right, right. So, um, you know, it's 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 all about, you know, focusing, balancing, and getting someone to steer you in the direction that you need to go. Once you get going, it's smooth sailing. It's just like I say, it's easy like Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I'm looking forward to getting started on this. I, I really am. And um, there are no excuses. It's been two years now, and it was it was a difficult time for me because for for months it kept popping back out. 
Okay. And, um, and it was one of the most painful things I've ever felt. And um, I've dealt with, well, I got a pretty high tolerance for pain, I think. But anyway, um, I just wanted to make sure that whatever I was doing was working and would allow me to heal. Because I believe um, at first I did things that did damage my healing process mm-hmm. and was keeping me from healing. Okay. Yeah. But uh, And then <clears throat> my thing is you, you, you try to start off slow and easy, but the key to everything is just mm-hmm. being consistent. If you're consistent, right. then you can achieve anything and everything that you want to put your mind to. I mean, you look at the success you're now having now with the measure of truth. You know, that's your consistency doing something. And as you consistently do it, you get better and better at it. So it's the same thing we're working out. I, I equate working out sometimes to uh, saving, thrift savings plan or something like that. A little bit every day will add up. Okay, a little bit of exercise every day will add up. If you can't do it today, don't worry about it. Give me what you got. Don't worry about yesterday because yesterday's gone and tomorrow never comes. You know, I, I get the question all the time. Well, I fell off the bandwagon. I was like, really? I said, well, you know what happens to the bandwagon when you fall off? It's like, no, what? Nothing. It stands there and it <laughs> waits for you to get back on. It's like a right. jet ski. You get on a jet ski and you fall off the jet ski. It has a little lariat around your wrist. So when you fall off, the jet ski actually cuts off. It's the same thing with a bandwagon. The bandwagon stops exactly where you left it, waiting for you to get back on. And when it's time to get back on, guess what? Get back on. You may fall off again. Okay, so what? Get back on when you can. See, I don't beat people up about this. The thing is, is that you have to understand. My job is to get you to understand. My job is to get you to realize to commit. Understand you got to go through reserves. You got to be courage. All of those things is part of wisdom. These are some things that I've learned from my grandmother, things I've learned by working with the justice, things I've learned from working with other clients, all different walks of life, until it's got me to where I am now. And um, how many clients do you have now? I can't imagine Ooh. how many you can take on, considering. Uh, it fluctuates between 8 to 12, give or take. Wow. Um, so you got to look at it. I have some clients in the morning that I'll train. Then I have my, my full-time job or my full-time hustle, I like to call it. Right, right. And then I have clients to train in the afternoon. Like I had a client I trained just before I got on the phone call with you. Um, so I had hmm. a client I trained this afternoon. I'm flying out for military on Thursday, and I have to right. teach uh, equal, equal opportunity advisor. That's why I am in the military, so I have to teach, teach an equal opportunity leaders course. And so I'll be teaching that, and that is uh, teaching soldiers and showing soldiers what right is and letting them understand the discrimination process of equal opportunity in the military, which has to do with race, religion, color, gender, national origin, sexual orientation. Oh, wait a minute. That sounds almost like uh, exercise, right? It doesn't matter. Those components all falls into the same thing. Hmm. Okay. Very good. You know, one of the things we talked about um, was the process of how this book came together. Um, uh, have you written any other books? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I haven't written another book. I had I, I had a book in the back of my mind maybe right, three right. or four years ago. And okay. this book came really – it wasn't even my idea. Mm-hmm. What happened was – that after the election, um, our current president had to select the next Supreme Court justice. Well, as a result of that, people started scrambling. They started being concerned. Oh, my God, what's going on? What's going on? So people started to wonder, okay, well, who's the oldest justice on the bench now? Oh, and I then see. that's how it focused. So then this article came out, and the funny thing was is that Justice Ginsburg's chambers sent me a copy of this article, and the title of the article was, The Most Important Man in Washington, D.C. May Not Be Who You Think It Is. And I'm looking at the article like, okay, why are you sending me this? And as I start reading the article, it said, Bryant Johnson, personal trainer to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. 
As soon as I read that one sentence, I was like, uh-oh, telephone calls will start happening. So not as soon as I finished that statement, I was getting calls. Can we interview you? Can we interview you? Can you? I was like, no, no, there's nothing new. Someone interviewed me one time before, so there's nothing really new about me. And this one person from Politico, his name was Ben, and I remember he asked me a question. He says, well, I know a lot of people have been asking you about interviews. He said, I got a question. That's a justice. That's you like girl push-ups. I'm like, girl push-ups? I said, no such thing as girl push-ups. Well, I heard she does them. She says, I would really like to do a story on her workout. And I was like, you want to go through her workout from beginning to end? He's like, yeah, I'll pay you. I was like, no, 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 my brother. You don't have to pay me. I says, but however, comma, I'll ask the justice. And if she says it's okay, then I'll take you to the workout. If not, I have other things to do. And Hillary, I, I asked the justice probably a few days later. I said, Justice, I have a supporter wants me to take her through you. Take him through your workout from beginning to end. If you say it's okay, I'll do it. If not, once again, I have other things to do. And she quietly, she looked at me, and she said literally this, I hope he makes it through the workout. And that's <laughs> all she said. <laughs> now, that's what she said, but that's not what I heard. What I heard was, right. Make sure you take him through the workout. <laughs> right, right. And so literally, <laughs> I I took this gentleman through the workout from beginning to end, and he wrote a story about me taking him through the workout. He literally said he almost had to catch the struggle bus. He barely made it through the workout. And mm-hmm. as a result of him writing this article, a publishing company read the article later that night and they contacted me maybe a week or so later after he wrote the article and said, hey, we'd love to do a workout book. He said, we could do it without you, but you know, we'd love to have you on there. And I'm like, well, if you could do it without me, why are you calling me? I'm in the middle of finishing up my degree. I'm writing papers for my, my school. And I was like, ah, write a book? I don't even like writing papers. And they were like, no, no, no. This is what we want to do. And they sent me examples of what they were looking and what they wanted to do. Well, as soon as they sent that to me, I sent it directly to Justice Ginsburg's chambers, letting them know that this wasn't my idea. This was somebody else. And if you say, okay, okay. If not, like my grandmother said, it's like eating wind pudding. It'll be nothing. You ever heard that saying, <laughs> eating wind pudding? <laughs> no, I have not heard that one. <laughs> she said, if you don't want to eat what's on the table, you can eat wind pudding. I'm like, what? <laughs> and so that's what she said. So uh, a couple of weeks passed, and I remember I was training the justice, and our green is always like, hey, justice, how are you? Uh, she'll give me one more answer. You know, I'm, I'm good, tired. This time she said, so. And I'm thinking to myself, so. You never really give me a response with so. So so means something's following up with that. So she said, so, I hear you're going to be an author. And I was like, what? (laughs) And she literally (laughs) said she agreed to me writing the book as long as she gets to edit it. And whatever her final edit is, that will be it before it goes to publication. And so literally that's how the book came about to be. I asked her if she would do the foreword. Right. Um, because at one time, you know, you say, what's the foreword of the book? And I was like, you know, I went to Google University. What's the foreword? Eh, you know, you always see the foreword <laughs> in the book. Eh, the foreword is the person of authenticity. They can validate everything about this book. I said, well, there's only one other person that can validate her workout other than me. It would be her. And so I asked her to do the foreword. And that's literally what happened. And I didn't think the book would be have a following or be a success in a way that it had. My my biggest concern was I was concerned about my my contemporaries in the fitness field because you know mm. you got haters mm-hmm. out there and you know right. that outside noise is that that hater and I and that's where I started to lose balance of my inner communication and that outside communication. I was thinking more about how this is going to look and I said stop. This is what you do. Stay consistent and go with it. And I realized, you know, once the book came out, 
and it was amazing because I finished the book at the same time I was away at a military school for the military. I was actually going through the Equal Opportunity Advisor course, which is located in Florida, and I was I was down there, and I clearly remember me finishing the last little pieces of the book, and I was editing. I was like, no, 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 that picture's not right. That's not how the stretch is. This is how the stretch is. It's like, no, what? I say, no, that's not right. And so I literally had to take a picture of me in the position and then send it to the publishing company. It needs to look like this. If it doesn't look like this, it's not right. <laughs> and I, it literally finished right around August, um, just before the end of July, first, second day of August. I finished the last editing, and that made the deadline, and they were ready to print. October, and it came out October 17th, 2017. I was like, who knew? Wow. I I remember getting a copy of the book sent to me. I was sitting here in my office. A mail guy delivered the mail. I opened up an envelope, and I I clearly remember sitting in my office, and I was like, the book came, and I was like, huh, imagine that. Who knew? And it was... Unbelievable. I didn't. I, I just didn't realize it. But then, what really started to happen after this was the effect that it started to have on other people. And that's when it started to become clear to me, kind of like what my purpose was. You know, I always you try to. I've always kind of struggled with myself trying to figure what's your purpose. You know, people. Oh, I was meant to do this. I was meant to do this. I was meant to do this. It mm-hmm. wasn't until this process happened and. I started talking to people who I don't even know, people's mothers, other people, and then I realized that if you just do right by people in hopes to make a difference, then that's all that you can do. And remember, you're not entitled to know if you make a difference. You just have to consistently just do right by people. And so when this book came out, I've, I've got messages from people's, you know, mothers or grandmothers. Oh, they're doing this. Oh, they, they do all of this. And the justice did this in a way that hoped that it would make a difference and let people see how important exercise is. So yeah, that, that's, that's great. Like how it <laughs> and, and that's awesome because um, again, you, you don't have the story of the struggle. You, you did all the work in your your lane, so to speak, and everything else fell in place behind the work that was done. And I think that's a lesson for someone as well. You know, it it just shows. Um, Just figure out what you're good at and continue to be good at it. And focus on that. Be consistent. Yeah. And Um, and those other things will fall in place. And, um, And one of the things I think people often do, especially people like you who are driven, is they try to take on too much for themselves without letting the experts take care of what they can do and just focus on the thing that they do best and making sure yes. that the quality of the product is up to standards. Yes, I agree totally. I remember people would ask me, they say, well, do you feel the pressure of training Justice Ginsburg? Do you feel the pressure of, you know, realizing that, you know, who she is and everything. And I really didn't realize, you know, the, the cult following that she had until mm. her documentary came out. Yeah. You know, she had given me, she had given me several books about her and I never really read the books. People was like, well, why didn't you read the book? I said, because she didn't pay me to be a fanboy. I wasn't <laughs> supposed to be a fanboy for her. So I never really read the books, you know, I see her. I went, okay, we're going to do these push-ups, We're going to do these lunges. We, we're going to work out. But I would have never imagined 20 years ago that I would be on an interview with you, having a book, being a published author. I would have never imagined in a million years. I was consistently training my client and consistently right. working out and taking care of her, but not just her because she was never ever my first, but just consistently just try to do right. And as a result, this was a product of all of that. Um, it was, it was amazing, but I'm still, still so honored. I'm still so humbled. I'm still so, you know, blown away by this, but at the same time, just trying to, you know, just be consistent. I always pray for humility, always, because at any given time, this can be taken away. 
if you don't appreciate uh, the effects that you have with people. And so that's what I try to do is come across, you know, I I try to be just who you, just what you see, the conversation that we're having, this is exactly me. Some clients I talk more, sometimes I don't talk, but it's still about that balance, you know, trying to teach that dynamic wisdom workout to everyone. Mm, That's great. That's great. And um, something you said too about your blessings, um, Sometimes when people just think that something happened by chance, you you can't really, you can't believe in its value at the same level. When you see it as a blessing, when you know that that's a gift from God, you know, you can look at it in such a way that um, you can be someone who not only appreciates, but wants to preserve. Yes. You know? Yeah. And um, and that's very good because I've watched people let opportunity slip through their fingers over and over and over again in my life. It's just, this is just a purview that I have because I hear about so much that people want to do, but when things go in their favor, they seem to self-destruct. So yeah, that, that is something that I think is very, very important. And um, your story is very um, unique in this way. And, and I love it so much because I spend so much time on the struggle of whatever it is that gets the person the notoriety that they have. And then we work on building up to it. But again, everything just fell into place for you based on hard work that you put out there from the beginning. That still is more important than the end product and the thing that made you famous. Yes. And I'm, I'm, I'm only as good as the last workout that I gave my client. Hmm. I'm only, I'm only, cause I always tell people, I said, it's never, ever about me. It's always about the client and the effect that you leave with them. Or if I can sign a book for somebody and I send it to somebody and if it makes a difference for somebody, that's great. Will I know? Sometimes I find out. Sometimes I don't. It right. doesn't matter, but you still carry it on. Like you said, there's no such things as coincidence. Everything happens for a reason. If you think back far enough, It'll happen. When I came up with the name Body Justice, I didn't mm-hmm. have the idea that I would be training a Supreme Court justice. No, Body Justice literally was Bryant Johnson. Body, do your body justice. <laughs> be just. Right. I thought it was kind of funny. I was like, yeah, yeah okay, that's yeah. what happened. Um, being able to talk to somebody without saying anything. Okay, I didn't realize that six years old, five years old, talking with my grandmother, my grandmother nurturing me. The greatest gift my grandmother gave me was being able to communicate with her the way that I was able to communicate with her. And so now you hear stories of Justice Ginsburg not saying much. She does what, she's a, a woman of little words. Okay. I don't have to say anything either. And still communicate. And so you pick right. that up with clients. Everyone's the same way. You know, so that's, you know, and so now I, I come right back now to present day where sometimes they say you need to unplug. Sometimes you need to just take a moment for self. Sometimes you need to pray a little more. Well, you pray to God or you pray to whoever your God is. Sometimes you got to turn the noise off so you can hear the answers. So you ask hmm. the question, but the answers is right there. Sometimes you don't even hear the answers, see the answers, because you got all that outside noise out there. But right. sometimes the inside noise is trying to tell you what the answer is. It's trying to give you the direction. But you're so busy the outside noise is kind of overshadowing. Sometimes that outside noise can poison and influence that inside noise, that inside voice so much that you now have low, you know, you, you have no way of separating the two. Right. Right. You know, and I, be, I believe that we're being taught by our phones to react and not think anymore. And oh, because yeah. of that, yeah, it, it's just a process that, you know, we're doing so much over and over again that it, it's just bleeding into all facets of our lives. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you look at people who are successful, you know, like Justice Ginsburg and, and people like yourself, they, they, they learn to balance and learn to train both types of communication. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's, on, it's ongoing. It's always, it's, it's always moving. And so that's, that's why I call my workout a dynamic wisdom workout. It's always moving. It's always adjusting and adapting to whatever life circumstances, the outside, the, the, Whatever society is telling you that you should think this way, oh, you need to drink this Kool Aid. Well, no, you don't really need to drink that. Drink that Kool Aid. 
And there's so much momentum in people just doing things because everyone else is doing it. And, and it's, it's, a, it's a river you can get caught up in and swept away. And it, it's just happening. There's a new thing every day. You know, yes. but, yes. you know, believe it or not, um, Brian, we only have 10 minutes left in the show. And there is something that I did want you to talk about. Um, you're affiliated Uh-oh. with um, Two Unstoppable dot org, yes. an organization to educate women who are cancer survivors and the importance of exercise. Tell us a little bit about that. Two Unstoppable is an organization that just came. It came. They came to me. They were at my first book signing, and Michelle Stravitz is the, one of the co-founders in Atlanta, and she was at the book signing, and she asked me a simple question. And now you got to remember, when I did this first book signing, no one cued me on anything. No one gave me questions. I've never done anything like this. I'm like, okay, so. And people were asking me questions out of the blue. Michelle came up, and she says, I have a question. She says, your book? You dealt with Justice Ginsburg for the first bout of cancer, and I said, corrected her, just second bout. How does this book help people who have been diagnosed with cancer, and what is your philosophy on that? Well, what was ironic about her asking me that question was that I had written a research paper a couple of years earlier, at, um, and my research paper was titled The Effects of Weight-Bearing Exercises, on elderly cancer survivors, specifically mm. women. Wow. And so when she, she asked me the question, once again, I go back to the no such thing as coincidence. See, I had written that paper a mm. couple of years earlier. And so mm-hmm. when she asked me the question, I said, well, with radiation, chemotherapy, I said it rips up the body and tears up the soul, trying to kill that poison, which is cancer. And cancer is another thing. Cancer doesn't care your race, religion, your color, your gender, your national origin, your sexual orientation, your rich, your poor, conservative, liberal, undecided. Cancer doesn't care. It'll, it'll attack anyone. And so I told her that once you get somebody who's like that, you are trying to rebuild them. As you start lifting weights, you start getting stronger. As you start getting stronger, that self-confidence comes back. Justice Ginsburg, the same way. I had her do push-ups on the wall. Then she did push-ups on her knees. Then when she was finally able to do push-ups off of her knees, it was like part of her soul came back. So mm. I told her, yes, lifting weights, yes, that will help. I stress women, always lift weights. It will be your friend. And as a result, she said, thank you very much. I am also a survivor. And then she wanted me to come and do a book signing for her a couple of months later. Well, something drove me that I wanted to do something more than just a book signing. So I created mm. another shirt, which is my Body Justice shirt and the Super Diva shirt. I created them in the colors of pink and purple, which represents breast cancer, but then the purple is all forms of cancer. And the proceeds to that shirt goes to Two Unstoppable, which educates women on the importance of exercise once you've been diagnosed as a survivor. And not just women, but anyone. Men also is also important, but they focus mostly on women because women, the osteoporosis, the bone density, you know, you, you lose that as you get older anyway. But on top of having chemotherapy, radiation, it increases that um, twofold. So that's why it's so much more important, you know, when they stress on women lifting weights. And moving, and I believe I saw that in your book. Um, you, you're actually saying it increases bone density. Yes, exactly. Lifting weights, mm. weight-bearing exercise. It will, if a good body came in a box or a pill, everybody would have one. <laughs> so in, in order to do it, sometimes you just got to get out there and just do something. If you're doing something, means just I sat down and stood up five times, Okay. And that's five mm-hmm. times you do it. The next time you try to do it again. My mother, who's 75, she is now addicted to exercise like you can't imagine. Oh, wow. I rem- yes. I remember she came to me. She said, I want to do this, this, and this. I says, Mom, I says, I love you dearly. I love mm-hmm. you more than you can imagine. I says, but I cannot care more about you than you care about yourself. Mm. And that's what did it. Wow. And so I showed her how to do the exercises. And so now... Here's the, here's the excuse that I hear, or I don't hear, 
but I had I had a Supreme Court justice quote me to somebody else. And when you have another Supreme Court justice quote you to somebody else, I'm trying to figure out what did I say. So this is what it was. Someone had an excuse. Well, you know, I'm too old to work out. I said, well, Justice Ginsburg is 86. Well, I'm I'm, I'm too busy. <laughs> well, since the Supreme Court justice is busy this year. Well, well, you know, I I got a bad back. Well, you know, she's going to be three bouts of cancer, some broken ribs, a stick put in her heart. Uh, so any excuse will do, right? Right, right. <laughs> any excuse will do. All because of attitude. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and I think that's, that's um, very interesting that you mentioned your mom when you did, because that was my last question for you. <laughs> and I uh, wanted to know if, yeah, if you had gotten her on board with the exercise and everything. You know, how yeah, we can um, often, um, you know, find our own niche in, in the world, but not be recognized by our own family and, um, oh. you know, or trusted or, or just being able to um, be understood as an expert in your field and whatever that might be. Right. And that's great that you got your mom involved. And, um, yeah, and it's it's something right. that would definitely help. And um, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, my, my, it's not just me, you know, my mom, my family, my friends, you know, people who know mm-hmm. me because the thing is I, I've been doing this for so long that people like, you've always been doing this. But guess what? I never really paid attention to it. And so last month my mom walked a 5K for the first time. She met me in Richmond, Virginia. I was there with Two Unstoppable, and we were talking about the importance of <clears throat> we were doing – a boxer brief, which was about colon cancer. And mm-hmm. I was there speaking there. And my mom met me there. And so they were doing a 5K. Um, I said, Mom, I said, why don't you just go ahead and do the 5K? She's like, what? I said, it's a walk. You, you walk anyway, so go ahead and walk the 5K. And she had a prison anchor in her mind that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And she, she told me afterwards, she says, I never walked the 5K, and I would have never thought about doing it until you said, go ahead and walk the 5K, Mom. I know you can do it. See, without even knowing it, my mom's mom, my grandma, <laughs> taught me how to deactivate a prison anchor that she didn't even know she had. And I said, yeah, mm-hmm. mom, I said, go ahead and do the 5K. And she did the 5K, and she was like, oh, my God, I would have never imagined. And she, she has the shirt. She has her number that she completed a 5K. Um, that last month in Richmond, we were doing the, uh, the talk for uh, – colon cancer. It's called a boxer brief 5k. Wow. And wow. it was, it was amazing to see that she, she did that and just being able to communicate and motivate without even having to say too much of anything, not listening to the outside noise, but being able to communicate inside and giving her a little bit of the dynamic wisdom workout to allow her to be able to do that 5k. And so that's what it's about. Wow. How can we help people to help themselves and family yeah. Hey, my family's my key. How did I how did I meet you if it wasn't through my cousin? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, um I, I really appreciate you taking time out and um you got me all amped up now and Doris um she's ready to do a five K now as well and uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you, and, so, uh so you know what your you know what your viewers are waiting to see, right? You know what your viewers want to see, right? What's that? They want to see a picture of you doing that plank and that Yeah, body. I'm going to do it. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about it. <laughs> and I, I just want to make sure I won't hurt myself planking. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. And uh, just making sure if I need to build up, I'll do the right thing. But, um, yeah, I, I'm ready for this. But, look, that's we are I out wanna, of time. That's all man. I want to hear. Yeah, I am ready. But I really appreciate you taking time out. And uh, we hope to have you on again and we can talk a little bit more and, um you know, maybe um, if you have another book signing or an event that we can participate in, uh, please let us know, and we'll be happy to show up. Thank you so much, and I appreciate you, and thank you so much. I'm so honored that you even wanted to have a conversation with me. And to all your listeners, thank you for everyone who listened. I really, really appreciate it. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, special thanks to our producers, Donna Hardiman and Doris Shropshire. I'm Michael Fordham, and you've been listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. But Before you go, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend 
or foe. Watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words. They become actions. And watch your actions. They become habits. And watch your habits. They become your character. And watch your character. It becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, take care of what becomes of you.